Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for another Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and this is the 13th edition in honor of the rat, Kenny Linsman. Um, before I bring, well, a, a guest on, I'd like to uh, mention some good news that uh, the person joining us today, again, for the, this is the third week, um, is uh, Rob Tomlin, and Rob's going to be a permanent fixture on the show as we, as we bring him along uh, and uh, enjoy his his knowledge and insight to the game from 3,100 miles away. So, Rob, thank you very much and uh, and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah, and thanks for letting me join. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's good talking to you. I think we hit it right off on on episode on uh, your episode one. So it's a lot of fun, yeah. and I'm enjoying it. So definitely. All right, uh, this is going to be a uh, pretty much a prospect um, discussion. Uh, the Bruins uh, uh, I'd really like to concern on the draft picks that were picked in 2015, and uh, yeah. definitely going to talk about some um, some prospects that are currently in the 2016 uh, Mastercard Memorial Cup. So uh, I'm going to start off with that right now. Um, the uh, the Memorial Cup is being held in Red Deer, Alberta, which is uh, the team or the team for Jake DeBrusque and his Red Deer Rebels are hosting. Um, wasn't a very good game for him on Friday night against um, the London Knights. The that team was scary good. Did you get to? Did, yeah. you, did you get a chance to see any of that? Uh, I saw the highlights package for it. Uh, London have always been a scary team, though. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're always a powerhouse team. So it, it's one of them. You always find one of them when it comes to the playoffs and it's uh it's going to be a tough one them for them to take it anyway so right yeah and and it's funny because i i I'm, I'm getting more involved uh in the past two years in the um in the prospects of the bruins and 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 getting a general more knowledge for the canadian juniors but I was I was wondering how Red Deer got in when they got out of the playoffs and and it was told to me by a, another friend on social media that the host team always gets the invite. So yeah. Um yeah, so far uh in the playoffs this year, DeBrusque has been a real surprise. Uh he's he's in 17 games. He's got 8 goals, 9 assists, 17 points. So uh he's stepped it up in the postseason. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's a very good prospect, but I still, I still beat my head sometimes that they didn't pick Kyle Connor. 
Yeah, uh, Kyle Connor looked more like the Bruins style guy, and with them talking about getting bigger and getting more power forward type players, uh, it was a bit strange that they didn't take him at that pick. Right. Yeah, and and you know it's just it's one of those gambles that you take with draft picks, and I understand that you know it's a hit or miss game, but uh, that 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 could definitely. Be, uh, one that bites the Bruins in the ass for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I, I just to talk about um, Jake's game, and he's he's a good full. I wouldn't call him a power forward, but he plays a heavy game with um, a, a nice skill set, good vision of the ice. Um, I mean, he, he he'll definitely fit the uh, the Bruins style when he comes up and. And uh, I, I believe um, he'll definitely go back. He won't make the team this year. I, I know for a fact he won't make the team. Um, yeah. And he'll probably go back and, uh, and, and stay with his uh, committed uh, Rebels team. But, uh, I mean, the future looks bright for him. I mean, still just tough. I, I, I still can't wrap my head around some of the draft picks that these teams taken in the past. But... Yeah, but it's one of them where we're going to have to wait and see what they actually saw in the player. Right. So it could turn out that they saw something with Kyle Connor that didn't fit what they thought they wanted. So you never know because we never we never hear from them why they chose the player. So you look at Sanin like we never they never said why they picked him when he was a second round player they never said why they brought him in on that last pick so we just got to wait and see don't we yeah yeah agreed um the other the other prospect uh that is in the tournament um unfortunately has been out of action for the last i believe five weeks uh, and that's uh defenseman jeremy lausen from yeah. the uh, Ruin Naranda Huskies, I always say that name <laughs> awful. I butcher that yeah. name, but I, uh, I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, in, in this in this playoffs, uh, this 2016 postseason, uh, he's got nine games under his belt, uh, goal, seven assists, eight points. Um, last night he actually returned uh, to the ice at the Memorial Cup. Um, from a nasty, nasty skate to the throat laceration. Um, yeah, yeah, that was really bad. And uh, that that was one of them where you you're hoping that it's not a career-ending injury, right. especially when when you just picked him up right that year before. But to say that he's come back this early on, it shows he's got spirit and he wants to he wants to actually be playing and right. not be sat on the sidelines watching so it shows he's a tough guy yeah yeah absolutely um and uh a, gr- a good player i i like him uh he he was very offensive to begin the season um last year in the regular season and uh, the guy just knows <laughs> how to dish the puck he gets i mean he i think he went 14 straight games with points yeah. To begin the year, and I thought that was just—I I, that's when I really started, you know, 
on my off. For a, def for a defenseman as well. Right, right. Yeah, One that, that pinches in, carries yeah. the puck out well, transitions um, nicely, uh, sees the lanes very well for um, a younger developing player. Um, and he's got decent size. Yeah. I, it's nice to see the bees pick up a guy that's already around 200, you know, and six feet tall. I mean, and his progression could go a lot faster than a player like DeBrusque. And I know that the you know the forward defense is different, but um, I could see him turning around a lot a lot sooner. Yeah, well, he's six foot one, two hundred and five pounds. Okay, at yep. the age of nineteen. Yep. So, so that big, big guy. Yeah. And, and he's got good mobility. Uh, he's strong around the crease. Um, <clears throat> and, and like I said, just his, his offensive uh, productions during the regular season were just um, well, great, great what to watch. I, yeah, what I really like about him is you look at when he first joined the Huskies in 13-14 season, he had 55 games played with 16 points. In the 14-15 season, he had 60 games played with 36 points. But then this season, with only 46 games played, he has 50 points. No, career year. So the fact that he's pretty much doubling his numbers every season shows that he is really progressing. And he, out of the, the 3D men they took early on, I, I really think he's going to be the one that's somewhat special out of them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. here's a here's a little strange uh, nugget that I found. Um, somebody reached out to me, and I'm not gonna say names, but because uh, I don't I don't say names of people that um, don't like have a source or you know what I mean. It's I don't yeah. want I don't want to spread bullshit rumors, but um, I was told that uh, when when Jeremy got his throat slashed. After, before they left uh, Ruin Noranda to go to Red Deer for the Memorial Cup, that a Montreal Canadiens, um, their doctors, because they were so close, yeah, uh, the Bruins reached out to them to give him a uh, clean bill of health to return to the ice. Wow. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you guys have hated each other for... Uh, over 90 years uh, that you, you know the rivalry it's, yeah. it's thick it's awesome I love it but you know to do something like that I, I gotta say if it's true I gotta say that's top-notch yeah that that is that just shows how much he means to the organization already that they've actually gone and done that or or you play at the other side of the coin that the Bruins might have hinted around that we don't want you to continue. Well, and yeah. We want you to stay rested and be ready for off-season, you know, um, uh, workouts and so on. And his camp went <coughs> another way. That could be, you know, it's a little I different. Think, yeah, I think he's going to be a surprise come training camp. I think he's really going to show both his offensive and defensive skills when it comes to camp this season. Uh, but I don't think he'll get as much of a look in as some of the other prospects, probably. Right. I think he's a guy that they want to leave 
down in the minors and actually progress properly like through the system instead of right we need help on defense bring him in straight away so and and uh with him being 19 years old um i i do believe that if he does not um make the bruins roster he has to return yeah to the uh, quebec major junior because he doesn't turn 20 and until i think it's april next year so he's not eligible to right. providence right yeah yeah and and that's 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 uh i really hate that canadian junior um yeah nhl agreement that they have i i because i want to see these players down in providence i i have access to watch for games uh it's not far away from me it's about an hour drive but uh, I, these players, man, I, I really want to see them get more involved into the game and the system like now, opposed yeah. to when you know their agreement is over and their commitment's over and they're in the junior team. Well, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of teams starting to go down the European route because they can keep the prospects close to well, uh, close to home. So yeah. Th- that's a perfect, perfect thing because I wanted to talk about this for a while, but that's the same thing that Austin Matthews did. Yeah, Austin that's Matthews, why Austin, he went right. So he, if I mean, what team was he drafted by in the Canadian Juniors? I don't remember. Uh, I, was it I a, can't remember who it was. Okay. I, I know that he was drafted and didn't want to go with the idea of that NHL agreement. That's why he went over there. Now, yeah. the rule states that North American skaters that are currently in the three major um, uh, junior leagues, the the OHL, the Quebec Major, and the WHL. um, Where was I going with this? They have to report back to the team until the 20 were kept in the NHL. So he he declined his, his Canadian junior draft eligibility to go over Europe where he's technically now listed as a European skater, air quotes. Yeah. So that takes that whole aspect out of the game. And, I, you know, and, it, it's smart. And you're probably going to see a lot more players doing that. Right. Because as well, when he was interviewed, he was saying that he's also playing against grown men over there. Yeah. So that, that prepares him for the NHL. And yeah. I think you could tell that he knew he was going to be straight into an NHL team and he wasn't going to be like sent anywhere. But the fact that you're playing against men instead of people your own age kind of pre- like prepares you for coming to the NHL. So and if and if he doesn't make the team, Austin Matthews, we're talking about if he doesn't make yeah. the team, I mean the option for the AHL is there too. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like that option. That's that's really good. It's a good route, but. You know, I, I wish the the Canadian Junior rule was just gone. We're, yeah. we're missing out. Basically, like Providence is really missing out on some really good players. Is it not the same with the U.S. developmental team? The as USHL. Well? Yeah. Yeah, I I believe so. I, I I'd have to look into that a little further, but I'm gonna say yeah. I believe but so. But I think there's only goes up to 19 though. I think it's 17 to 19 because you only do two years. Right, right. So, the, yeah. Um, and the, and this, this this also goes back on our conversation in, in the previous podcast or the, or the first one that we did together 
about um, stockpiling prospects in in, yeah. in lower developmental leagues um, to get away from you know a junior a Canadian junior team and the in the agreement that they have with the NHL. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from all that jazz. Um, I got I got an opportunity to watch a lot of the 2015 prospects, uh, uh, draft picks um, this year, and I was surprised by some and kind of shook my head on others as to why they were drafted. But um, maybe you have a, a difference of opinion. But uh, I, uh, Jakob Sporl, um he, yeah. was, he was hit or miss with me this season. I, I, I tried to watch like 20 of his games, and I really – he's a stay-at-home kind of guy. He, he doesn't – Yeah, if, if you listen to his uh, prospect tape before he was drafted, uh, his coach was saying that he has a very relaxed attitude and sometimes he takes that into the game. So, a lot of people can see him being having lazy games where he doesn't get as much into it and he's not as offensive-minded as he, as they know he can be. So, I think with him, he's gonna he's gonna have to spend like his full time down in the juniors, learn it that way, and I think he's gonna be one of them guys that's gonna be in Providence for a few years as well. Right. So. He, he look, he's more. I'd say he's more like a diamond in the rough player. We we're not gonna know until around twenty two, twenty three, probably what what kind of defenseman he really is. He's a big kid so. too. Six zero, one hundred eighty four pounds. Plays for the yeah. Saint John Sea Dogs. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know lie and say that he doesn't have potential. I mean, all these guys that we're gonna talk about have potential. It's yeah. just um, where where. Where they fit in um, in the whole scheme of things. I mean, I should have yeah. should have shut that window. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that bike? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we already talked about Jake DeBrusque, but the next one is uh, Zach Senishin. Yeah, uh, probably this... my favorite forward they got. Yeah, there's there's two forwards in this draft group that are my favorites and. He's definitely one of them from the numbers that he's been putting up. And everybody, in the last season. when I watched the draft last year, everybody and Bob McKenzie, um, um, who else? I got, I got a lot of those guys that 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 do the draft stuff. Um, uh, Craig Button, he's another a good a good um, person about young uh, development talent. But uh, they they both said that this was an off the off the board pick. Yeah. So, but, and I was on board with that. I tend to gravitate to where the professional writers uh, go sometimes. But well, uh, he was uh, he was middle of the second round when it came to the rankings. Yeah. I think I think it was middle to bottom of the second round. So it was kind of a weird, weird pick to see until you read up on the guy and saw what he'd done that season right so the season before he was drafted he was playing bottom six minutes for the greyhounds yes um and in 66 points he put up 
uh, 66 games, he put up 26 goals and 19 assists for 45 points on the bottom six. So. And that was his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. He played four games the season before, so um, I guess it counts as his rookie year. Yeah. And this this season, he almost doubles his goals. Yeah. He's not. He's not a big assist guy, which makes me think that at the level of the OHL that he plays, he's the go-to guy. He's the guy that yeah. everybody wants to get the puck to. So. Yeah. It- if you look at game tapes on him, you'll always see that a lot of a lot of his goals come from him hanging around the blue line. He'll he'll mark his D man like a good winger will, but as soon as he sees the pucks turned over, he he's past his defenseman and he's he's that guy that's always looking for a breakaway or always looking for a one on one. He's never He's never just like trailing behind and waiting. He's never that guy at the top of the triangle. He's always the guy that's going to the net. Yeah. He's got a just insane shot from some of the goals that he scored this season, uh, and he's got he's got really smooth hands, which surprises me for how fast he is. So, yeah. and he's six uh, one, one hundred ninety two pounds, um, and I've I, this. This player I have definitely watched a lot on. Um, when when if the Bruins aren't on, the Providence Bruins aren't on, I'm always watching uh, a prospect game, and and I choose uh, the Sioux Saint Marie Greyhounds a lot this year. And man, was he impressive, especially in open ice. That kid has just got one hell of a stride. Oh yeah. I mean, he just, he, he just beats. gets so low down yeah. when, when he actually takes the strike. You think he's going to fall over a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess I can see that. Yeah, so the, um, it's just crazy. The, the one thing uh, that I really liked about him is, is the way he can accept a stretch pass. And like yeah. you said, when he hangs around the, the red line, the blue line, in the neutral zone, um, uh, and his ability to carry the puck is most impressive to me um you know how you talked about the crouch style when he's getting his speed yeah the control of the puck as he's pushing it forward is is impressive like like you said his hands are just uh, remarkable yeah and i think with a bit more time you'll see him trying a lot more to deke people instead of using his speed because this season, you've seen him use his speed a lot just to go around defenders. But towards the end of the season, you could see them catching on. Once it was like the second or third game that they played against each other, like D-Men were starting to understand that he's he's going to try and go around you. Right. And that's when you started seeing him using his hands a bit more. But I think he's one of them guys that will eventually become like an all-round like playmaking, shooting player, he is. He he just looks like a top six guy. If you look at guys like Bobby Ryan and everyone when they were in juniors, you can see something in them. And with him, it's definitely a guy that you can see some major talent in. Yeah, it's 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 definitely been a pleasure to watch him. Um, and uh, I'd like to talk about his um. I 
with, with the moves that the, the NHL Bruins team might make this summer with, you know, cutting ties with Chris Kelly or um, whatever they want to do with um, Brent Conley, uh, you know, I, I think that he could make the NHL Bruins team, but I don't, yeah. I don't want to see him rushed. Yeah, I mean, that, this that's... is this is a player I would definitely say. Let's let's take another year down in the O, and see how you go, and then we'll and you know once he's able to come up, I would jump him right in the AHL and do like the Frank Vitrano. Frank Vitrano yeah. played ten games, got ten goals, and then he got called up. So if he if he makes an impact like that, get him in the lineup. Yeah, it it's one of the things that we got to do now with them wanting to re like Sweeney's been saying they want to rebuild through the draft picks and they want to they want to bring in young free agents like they did with Tory Krug and Frank Vetrano. They they need to give them time to progress, but they also need to give them chances when they're performing. So it was good to see Frank Vetrano get called up when he was showing that he could score. Uh but I think on the same lines they've got to they've got to continue that and guys like an ancient are definitely like next season it'll be twenty so he's AHL uh, AHL eligible then oh oh Just, he he is next year uh it'll be twenty next March so he'll be eligible as soon as he finishes next season okay all right so he has to go back to Sault Ste. Marie yeah okay if he doesn't yeah that's right the thing is you can see with if we do cut ties with all these right wingers that this they're talking about and if guys like Jimmy Hayes which I can't see him getting traded but a lot of people are asking for it um with such a depleted right wing I could see him making the team but as you said you you just gotta give these kids time to develop, because right. otherwise you're gonna you just stunt them, don't you? You stunt the growth of a player, and you just ruin any chance that he has. Exactly. So, exactly. Definitely needs time at juniors. So uh, next one, I'm gonna jump on the defense. Um, Brandon Carlo, from he played last year at Tri City with the Americans in the Western Hockey League. Uh, yeah. he, this kid is a big, big body. Uh, 6'5", 195 pounds. Um, I've watched, I had the pleasure to watch a lot of his games, and I'm, I'm torn on, on, on his game. Uh, there's so many people I talk to, they, they really get worked up. They're like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be the next. This guy's gonna be the next this and that. And it, I, I personally, I don't see all the hype. And I certainly uh, and I certainly didn't see any any of that hype when he uh, was uh, his commitment with Tri City was over for the season and he came to the AHL Providence. Uh, played seven games, didn't he? Yeah, and Providence. I, I gotta tell you, you know, and, and it might be just because it, it's it's a new level of hockey and he got the bugs, you know, and you're just trying to get used to it. But he was a real no show in those seven games. Or nine games, whatever you just said. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen so many people saying this 
this guy's going to walk onto the NHL team and he's going to be like the bottom or top four pairing defenseman. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't see it. No. Not, not at this stage. Like, he is a big guy and he, ju- he just looks like imposing. He looks, he looks like he's going to tear your head off. Right. But he, he needs to be molded into that type of player because you don't see it as much with him i mean sure you've seen him hit a few people down in the juniors and you're talking about him hitting kids not he's he's not trying to take on someone who's just as big as him in the nhl right who's got plenty of experience behind him so he's a guy that i probably see i think he's ahl eligible this season uh, I'm not sure, but uh, he definitely needs more time before he just jumps straight onto the NHL team. Right. Yeah, I, so, a lot of people that I talk to, they just see the size and it's and they see a defenseman and it's like, you know, they they they're foaming at the mouth to get him in the NHL as soon as possible. But and, uh, you know, and I can always appreciate their you know their passion to see a player and yeah, but uh, you know you you gotta you gotta. You got to add that element of skill too, not just size. He's got to have the skill. I mean, he's he played good uh, for USA on the twenties. That in was a games. great tournament for him. Yeah, in the games that I've seen him play for them, he, he's really good. But he also usually has a really stable D partner. So it's one of the if you put him in the NHL with a guy who's struggling with a veteran next to him. I, I don't think it'd be a good idea. But it he's just he needs that time to grow like like all of them do. They were only drafted last season, so it, if you rush people you end up just getting bad picks, so Right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't grab hold of any of them right now and say any of them are NHL ready. And just going to absolutely tear it up. But I'm, I'm guessing we'll see more when it comes to training camp. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm excited to see all these guys that you know, we, we have talked about or and going to talk about um, in the uh, summer development camps that I believe I'm going to be attending. So oh. I'll be in the house reporting. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the The... The 2016 development camp has um, been released for uh, sometime in early or mid-July, and that's at the Rizhuska Arena in Wilmington, Massachusetts. But then, after that's all done, I will be in the house at the new training facility in um, Alston Brighton that the Bruins are currently building, and it will be done in, in time for training camp, so I'll be there too. Great. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of good stuff. Yeah, an, an actual pair of eyes that can tell us all what's going on instead of having to wade through all the uh, writing through right. the NHL sort exactly. of press. Because you get so many different stories coming through of stuff that happens at training camp and how players are looking. So mm-hmm. it'll be good to have a a person that we know and trust when it comes to these things. And me personally, I have a, I have a passion of learning. I love learning about uh, new players that are coming through. So I, I kind of take advantage of, 
of all that and I put it in words so people can know about the stars of tomorrow today. Yeah. You know, and I, I really enjoy that. And it's 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 a lot of fun. But um moving on, have you heard anything about this guy Jakob Sforzbaka Carlson? Yeah. I hope, uh, I hope I didn't hack that too bad. I think it's Jacob Forbaxa Carlson. There you go. They they call him I know they call him JFK, that's his nickname. <laughs> right, right. So uh what's what's been said about him is he is uh bergeron-esque basically he is like the next bergeron uh he's the same with his face-offs he's been dominating in in the face-off circle he's a defensive-minded center and really good at his job so he's another guy that a lot of people are saying probably going to make the NHL in the next four to five years and probably going to be quite a good player for us. So definitely good. When I saw him, uh, I saw him play a couple of times at Boston College. I'm sorry, Boston University. Yeah. Wow. He's he's very good, very talented for his age. Yeah. He Um, has a – he seems to have a really good work ethic where – he knows he's better defensively, so he kind of he, he doesn't shy away from taking the puck up and shooting or anything like that. But you can also see when there's a bit of a scramble in the corner, he's thinking of getting back before he's thinking of just going in there and trying to get the puck. So it's good to see a player like that that at that age as well that hasn't been molded into it. So. It's it's definitely def- talented. It's definitely good to see um, the the Bruins uh, show some faith in some of the the Europeans that um, are available. Uh, I I kind of have a feeling that they stay away from a lot of players like that because I to me I always reference the Sergei Samsonov. You yeah. Know, he, he, the guy had an awesome rookie year. Called a I believe it was a Calder winner. And. And then kind of disappeared after that, and I mean, I, or more or less, it's the Russians that they stay away from. Yeah. So I think a lot of teams tend to stay away from the Russians just because there's right. some yeah. weird thing about them that no one seems to like. But here's a word for you, and it just it just uh, Alexander Radulov. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. perfect example. The guy, the guy, yeah. absolutely had it made in the NHL with Nashville, and then just defects to you know his home country, which is all that's good for you. But now, now you're a player that wants to come back because the so-called KHL is like on a downward spiral, spiral for money. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and when I've seen people talking about Radulov coming to the Bruins, no. Oh, I just kept scrolling by that. <laughs> I didn't even want to get involved in that. That's one of them where you just look at it and your brain just wants to explode. So you just <laughs> carry on scrolling, get away I, from it. No. I'm always famous for saying I get a running start and jump out my office window. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I wouldn't do that because I'm on the fourth story of a building. But yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yeah. All right. So um, we we just I I like JFK and his game. I I believe he's going to add. Um, um, this he is currently 
in his all right. So his his freshman year was last season. He got thirty nine games, ten goals, twenty assists, thirty points. Um, overall, good player. I uh, his sophomore year, he's he's yeah got uh, upgraded to an assistant captain. So uh, I'm looking for good things out of him, uh, and I hope his um, progression moves. Uh, I, I mean, if he if he wants to stay full four seasons at Boston University, or does he want to leave and then go to the the AHL? That I mean, I'm all for whatever he wants to do. So yeah, I, I think it mainly you'll see a lot of these players look at how the AHL roster is going to look and then decide because. If they're going in there and they're used to playing top six minutes, why why would they want to go in there and play bottom four minutes when they can go back to college and play top six? So right. I think a lot of the time you'll see them wait on seeing if the Bruins make any signings for the AHL or who they bring in in the draft that might be AHL eligible. So with a lot of these kids, you're going to see them wait and wait and wait and then finally we'll see them and usually you'll end up seeing them when you've totally forgotten about who the hell they are so yeah that's right all right so now we're going to talk about daniel vladar uh goaltender he's from the czech republic he's a big kid six five 185 pounds um he he played in Kladno of the czech republic two league uh, he's he's got some some skill, but I also believe that he was picked for size. Yeah, uh, I mean, he takes up a ton of the net, a ton of the net. But um, and as a as a as a as a full Rask supporter, I uh, I see a, a very weak glove side in him too. Yeah, and his 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 bottom. His bottom crease presence is unbelievable. He's got great right reflexes, but if anything goes top shelf, it's it's tough to stop for him. Yeah, uh, you'll you'll see that with a lot of the bigger goalies because when when the glove is down and by the side when they're in the butterfly, then their arms fully extended. But when when they've got to bring the glove up to save something, the glove actually goes out of the net for a second and then comes back in so that's why a lot of the you'll see a lot of the bigger goalies not be as good glove side but it just seems that a lot of teams are going with this oh I want a 6 foot 7 goalie who just smothers the net the Ben Bishop style goalie at the moment right and uh, a lot I, I, I've also seen people saying about, oh, Vladar's going to be the backup, or oh, he might challenge Rask. No. He's probably going to be... I don't know whether he'll make the AHL or the league under that. Uh, the ECHL, is it? Yep. Yeah, I, I think he'll probably go down there. That's what, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking if you have Rask as your starter... Um, and you bring in uh, another backup, uh, and, and and to my knowledge, so far uh, the Bruins are not interested in bringing Jonas Gustafsson back. 
Yeah, and I wonder that's if what that's, I've been seeing. I wonder if that has anything to do with um, what happened uh, with his heart, his heart condition earlier this, I mean, uh, yeah, the second half of the season. Yeah, well, after that happened, you saw, like, he didn't play as many games as he was doing beforehand, and right. I think they didn't want to rely on him as much because they were scared that, oh, it might. Like, if you give him a game and Rest just played four games straight and you give him a game and he has to be pulled out in the first period because something's gone wrong, then you've got a cold goalie going in who's also just played four games. So I think they'll probably go down another route, to be honest. In uh, thirty games, he split he split the year with a with a, a goaltender. Vladar played for the Chicago Steel of the United States Hockey League, and he had a five hundred record, twelve twelve and four, nine nine twenty save percentage, and a pretty decent two point three one goals against. So nine nine twenty is yeah all right yeah, for his first season though. Um, his first year of North American hockey. Um, I, me personally, I would love to see him in the East Coast League because he'll get a ton of ice in the crease. Yeah, because um, Matt Ginn's not really a a big prospect name, so they'll they'll probably play Vladar over Ginn. So I'd say he'd probably get the starting job. If I'm not mistaken, Ginn was not even an original Bruins organizational player. He was assigned to, uh, I believe, a professional tryout. Oh, right. I I didn't know that. I didn't didn't, know whether they'd signed him. I'll have to look into it, but I believe that he was was signed um, because uh, Malcolm Subban was injured to begin the first month of the year. Uh, right. So I think it was just one of those, hey, we need somebody in here as soon as possible. So he went, you know, uh, the East Coast League and then came up to um, Providence. Yeah. But just for the time in the crease, I think he'd benefit really, really good. Um, yeah. And uh, give the show to Subban and McIntyre at the a- AHL level. Um, Definitely. I think that would be kind of good. It would be good, good for him. Yeah. Because if he's if he's splitting another season, it's not going to give him that much that much experience. So the fact that he get probably seventy five percent of the season down in the ECHL is definitely good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, uh, the Bruins obviously didn't want to um, you know go with the uh, three headed goaltender tandem uh with Smith, Subban and McIntyre, which obviously sent Su- uh Smith to Iowa um yeah. on, on loan. But um I could uh I could definitely see his progression into the AHL uh, a little bit faster with um with the movement of Subban uh, either to the NHL or via trade. Yeah. You could that's probably see him backing up. Yeah. So, but they've signed him. He's yeah, it's a three-year entry-level deal. Yeah. So they're obviously wanting to do something with him. Invested. Well, at least yeah, keeping him. So, so we don't ne- want to see players walk at the end of the contract. So right, get get what you can for him. Oh yeah, definitely. So the next the next one is is by far the 
he was picked in the fourth round, and it's amazing in today's NHL how how well players do in later draft picks. Um, is Jesse Gabriel the the second favorite forward for me? Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. What what a what an awesome season. Um, yeah. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but he is five uh, ten. He's two hundred five pounds, and he is just. I'm, I, he he. He's close to Sinishin to me. Yeah, so he played seventy two games for the Prince George Cougars, forty goals, thirty five assists, seventy five points. Impressive. That is, that just shows how much of an all round player he is. The fact that he's he's a big. Well, he's not a huge guy, but he's big enough to throw his body around. He's a lot like a... He, he seems like Matt Bolesky is, but with the ability to score. So, the fact that he can go in, hit, get the puck back, he's a good four-checker. He's scoring 40 goals in the juniors and at the same time putting up 35 assists when usually you'll see a player do one and not the other. So... Really good, really good pick. Yeah. Um, uh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm on. I was looking at the wrong stat. I just looked at. Uh, I like. I like the hockeydb. Uh, dot com. And I was just happened to look. And I look at the plus minus column, which I thought was plus minus. It was 101. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's awesome. But that was a, <laughs> that was his penalty minutes last season. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that's that sounds like penalty minutes for him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I another one that's got great vision. Um, he's he's decent along the boards. Um, the skill alone is is good on him. I mean, his attributes so far are very impressive to me, and and to, and to, and to, to state he's a fourth liner is just that's that's yeah. a diamond in the rough kind of pick that you know you were saying earlier. Definitely. Uh, so, and he's only 18 years old. Right. So we had plenty of time to work with, get him accustomed to the system, and uh, yeah. progressively move him up uh, accordingly. And the good thing about players like him is, he's the type of guy that you could chuck on the fourth line, come next season if he carries on this trend of being just unstoppable. He's a very gritty player. So I I don't see him getting like coming to the Bruins anytime soon, but he's another player that when they if they work him properly and they put him through all the junior and bring him to the training camps, he's definitely gonna improve a hell of a lot more. So and he's just unreal, really. Watching watching him play he he seems like that really fun player that other teams would wish to have. And the fact that he went in the fourth round just astounds me, really. Yeah. The um, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a great fit. And I, like I said, uh, I can't wait to see these players in Providence. It's going to be exciting. Definitely. But uh, uh, moving on, we got two of them that I'm really not too familiar with. Is Cameron Hughes and Jack Becker, and they're both. Uh, well, uh, Becker's playing in the Minnesota High School League, 
and Cameron Hughes is playing in Big Ten at University of Wisconsin. Uh, last season, Hughes had 32 games. He had five goals, 20 assists, 25 points. So uh, nothing explosive, nothing that's gonna blow your you know your your mind out, but. Um, yeah. It, just a player that's in the depth system, you know. Yeah, definitely. What it, it you're gonna get there with the like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. The they're not gonna be all star guys or like anything flashy right now. But you you never know what they can turn into. You never know how they're gonna like grow into the body. You never know how they're gonna just teach themselves to do stuff. So. It, he might not look like anything now, but come two, three, four years, he could be just as good as some of the first or second round picks. So, and I and I like the um, I really really like the way the Bruins are going, and, and it, it's a statement for a lot of uh, other NHL teams. But uh, the eye on NCAA players in the past couple seasons, um, you know, like they're soaring over like a like a uh, turkey vulture over a dead mouse. Um, it's it's been impressive to see these kids and get picked and then move right in. I.e. Frank Vetrano, uh, Noel Achari, um, uh, Austin Zarnick, uh, another great example of of college players that you know. Hey, I need a job. You need a player. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, that's that's pretty much the list that I had to talk about. Is there anything that you uh you got? No, the the mainly the guys that we we looked at and uh yeah, definitely. I I think it was a good draft year to be honest for us. It was. I mean, and you could you could say, you know, everybody reading and writing about how off the board a lot of the picks were and and what was Sweeney doing and and all this madness, but it, a lot of those players that we we talked about um are definitely going to play a significant role in the organization in the future and it should be exciting to watch. Yeah, well, to say that Sinitian was the main guy that was off the board, but he's put up more numbers than quite a few of the first-round picks have. Right. Like from other teams, is uh, they definitely saw something in him. So. Yeah, and, and it definitely, he definitely went from... Um, I, I, I've been reading uh, all kinds of stuff about him so when he was drafted, but you could see how in a year people change their their opinions. Oh, yeah. You know, because the hate that came out when he was picked oh, I know. all over Twitter and Facebook, yep. asking who the hell he was, no one knew who he was, no one... No one cared, and everyone said, "Oh, what a bust!" and blah blah blah, without actually looking. So, I think a lot of people will have learned now, seeing this kid doing this. When we do it in the future, I think a lot more people will read up on who the player is before they actually turn around and go, "Oh well, it's a bust." Yeah, so. exactly. That's why I tell people that don't read into stats. Um, yeah. You know, see the player. Get you know, create your own opinion about him. Um, I I love people that just you know they throw up eliteprospects.com or hockeydb.com. Those are all very good pros, uh, websites that I enjoy. But they'll they'll see a number and oh my god, this guy's the next the next greatest thing. Yeah. So and I I, I just kind of laugh. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. You just gotta you gotta go out there. The thing is with YouTube being available to everyone now and everything gets uploaded onto there. So you just type in a guy's name, type in highlights or game footage or right. maybe you wanna watch an act- highlights of an actual game. You just search it up, watch it. It's two minutes of your life to find out what this player is actually like instead of just saying, oh, it must be a bust. And it's, a, it's so. YouTube is such a great tool for me. Um, uh, you know, I'm just a, a hack writer, um, but I love the game. I love learning. And, and YouTube, for me, it, you get a lot of prospect profiles. Yes. Uh, the highlights alone are, are just tremendous, and and I haven't I haven't been, I have not once not found a player on YouTube that I've I'm, I'm looking up because they all yes. have profiles now, so that scouts can go on and look. Because believe it or not, scouts are doing the same thing as we're doing. Yeah, so. definitely. I know the uh, when you look at the when you watch the profile videos as well, they're really good because uh, the they'll interview the coaches who are coaching them, the general managers who are dealing with them on a day-to-day basis. So you learn what the players actually like in real life, not just on the ice, which makes a big difference as well. So it's all there for everyone to use. You just have to go out and do it really. Awesome. Well, another awesome week, another awesome discussion that went by very fast. Um, I thank you very much and and well and welcome you fully to to the team. Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate that. Um, and uh, you're on Twitter. Uh, uh, do you have a handle that you'd like to reach out to? Uh, yeah, it's at Rob Forty Bruins. So all one word. Awesome. And I'm at Black and Gold. Uh, I'm sorry, I changed my Twitter. I'm at <laughs> thw Black and Gold. So I moved up in the world. <laughs> add it adding the handle to you now. I have so, to that's how I get yeah. recognized but um Definitely. yeah uh follow us um we appreciate everybody that listens to the show whether uh, a loyal listener or new we appreciate all support and we will probably be back next week to talk some more some more hockey yeah definitely alright Rob thanks again and I'll talk to you soon alright you too pal for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.